Some of the latest news and notes around the NFL, Jonathan Taylor potentially has a landing spot as rumored. Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, holdouts continue. Will they go into the regular season and QB strength of schedule around the NFL? Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout-out to all the everydayers out there. We appreciate you. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we went through the entire list yesterday, Matt, of potential suitors for Jonathan Taylor, even if it was possible that he could get traded if this was posturing by the Indianapolis Colts and there's no way he gets traded. But it sounds like the rumor mill is churning a little bit and we might have mm-hmm. a team that is the leader in the clubhouse right now to trade for Jonathan Taylor. And it's a team we brought up. It's a team Ryan and I brought up on Locked On Dynasty. And again, this is rumors. I mean, but it does make some sense to me. And that's the Miami Dolphins. I just did a quick scan on their salary cap situation. As it stands right now, late August, they have 13 million to spend. So that's it's you know that's in the top third or so. I mean, one of the best thirds. But next year, they're 32 million in the hole. You know, so and that's without Tua sign. I mean, that's without a, a quarterback big contract. So I do think they're in it to win it this year. That offense with him though would be pretty frightening. I mean, I, I think it's a good fit. I love the fit. I love the yeah, fit. Yeah. most obvious where he's like, okay, th- this is a committee right now, but let's drop in a star running back that can right. actually make a difference for your football team and then figure out the rest later. Uh, you know, a new Tua deal, a new Jonathan Taylor deal could potentially drop this, the, uh, the, the cap numbers in the first mm-hmm. year of those contracts. So some of it should be doable. And then they have to figure out some things later and, and push that down the road into 2025, you know, with some of their bigger contracts and figure those out, but a totally doable deal. So I, I agree. I think right now the Miami dolphins does make the most sense probably with everything included, uh, whether you, whether you believe the rumor source or not. Yeah, and I don't know their their contract situation well enough, but there's like every team, there's probably a handful of guys they can cut after the season and free up some space going forward. Maybe a rework Tyreek's deal or something like that too. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the automatic ones that come to mind is is Tyreek and Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, restructure, release, whatever it is. There's there's space to be made there for sure. And you can do it next off season. I mean, you can get Taylor in basically now, make everybody happy, maybe win the Super Bowl. Who knows? Mm. So, real quick, if that were to happen, fantasy stock up or down? I gotta say up. I mean, much better offense, no yes. vulturing oh, yeah. of quarterback you know, I, touchdowns. I want a, a running back as talented as Jonathan Taylor on an offense where teams can't uh, stack the box against you mm-hmm. with an offensive mind that 
was the run game coordinator in a Shanahan offense, right? Like that's the perfect yeah. combination of big time value for your running back. Um, maybe even a few more receptions in there possibly. So when he was hired as the Dolphins head coach on many platforms, I said, I don't care who it is. I want his running back early in fantasy. Well, it ended up being five guys and I don't want any right. of them, but <laughs> if it were a dude, I want him bad. And I bet he does too. You know what I mean? Like he can't be happy with that run game with his background. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. So in, in the willingness is there from ownership management on down, we've seen the way they've worked there so far. So uh, that's it. That's an interesting one to keep an eye on. I don't know if it still makes a ton of sense. I think the running game will be fine either way. So is it Probably. necessary to go through all the hoops? Um, but we'll see. Jonathan Taylor, in Miami, something to watch out for. Um, how worried what's what's the worry meter right now for the Chris Jones and Nick Bosa holdouts for you Matt because everything coming out of San Francisco and Santa Clara more accurately uh in the Bay Area here Nick Bosa holdout is like it's getting to the nitty-gritty but there doesn't seem to be a lot of worry there's no reports there's no leaks from agents or teams that anything bad is happening it's just a, a really tough negotiation Maybe they're hoping the Chris Jones deal happens first and, and it makes something easier that they're trying to figure out. We've seen the Boses. The family's been in football. They will play hardball. We've seen it with Joey Bosa before with the Chargers, right? So they're not going to be a or anything. So who knows what the negotiating points are right now. But Bosa getting in next week is fine. But you start to miss games, and that's where uh, that's where things get a little worrisome. So from locally, I don't feel any worry at all about the Nick Bosa holdout, but it sounds like things are not quite as smooth with the Chris Jones negotiations in Kansas city. Yeah. Cool. Cause I did want to get your take on Bosa. We have not talked about either one of these nearly enough and they're quite possibly the two best defensive players on the planet right now. You know I mean? So uh, there was a headline today about Chris Jones, highly questionable for week one, strong leaks considering sitting out till week eight, you know, cause then he can come in and get his year. But that seems very agent-driven to me, too. That's, I mean, that's, that's a lot agent of And that's what I'm talking about. Right. There haven't been those leaks with the Bosa camp. In fact, Bosa right. was in New York. Uh, his social media account was like, you know, hey, I'm in New York City. And everyone's like, oh, that's where his agent is. They're figuring out the end of the contract, and it'll get done. We'll see if that okay. actually happens. But that's where – and I think the teams right now are probably like, well, we want to get him in a couple of weeks before the season, get him in football shape. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure both these guys are in, I mean, Bosa is going to be in phenomenal shape. He's like 8% body fat or whatever. Um, but, you know, football shape is different. You don't want to throw him on the field all of a sudden week one, and then he has a hamstring, then he's out for four weeks anyway. So um, that's important. But I think losing game checks, these these are both players that are currently under pretty hefty contracts. So yeah, yeah. I, I get the whole eight, eight week eight accrue a season thing. But that means you're missing eight game checks. And these are significant game checks for these two guys. Unlike someone like Jonathan Taylor, who's got his rookie contract money. Uh, Bosa's on his or rookie Josh contract. Or Josh Jacobs even. Or, you right, know. yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But Bosa's got number two pick, overall pick contract yeah. money, which is you know million, tens of millions of dollars. It's not uh, a little contract we're talking about here. So I don't think either Jones or Bosa would want to miss those game checks. So I think the deals will get done before the season. But you want them to be in game shape. So um, to me, I've always said, and I keep getting asked this, and I've never really brought it up on this show, and I really rare, rarely talk about Bosa on Locked On 49ers either because it's like, look, maybe Labor Day we'll start talking about it. Because yeah, yeah, now if it gets done, it gets done, and it's fine. It's, but And I think jo the Jones camp, if they're leaking that, that's like them 
really, you know, saying, okay, we, we might have a gap here in, in what our negotiations are. And that's a great thing to sort of posture about, but will these guys be willing to lose game checks? I have my doubts. I do too. Cause we just never see it. Yeah. I mean, history shows everyone comes in and you get the paychecks and they're so important to their team. These teams are contenders. And the other thing I agree with everything you said, the only thing I wanted to add is unlike some positions, even if you have a wrinkle here and there, defensive linemen are going to fit right back in. You know, it's not like, oh, we've we added a new stunt. We added a new blitz. Okay, I can figure that out in one day. You know, I mean, it, oh, yeah. It's not and, like, yeah. And like Nick Bosa, he's never really had a real camp anyway. So that's that's not really? a okay. problem for him. You know, a ramp up period, yes, get ready for the season. But, you know, you don't want them, you don't want your best player on a pitch count to start the year and, you know, maybe drop a game. Um, I do. It, well, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> And this is interesting. So I think this is um, this is probably the sticking point in both of these contracts because Aaron Donald is the outlier contract wise, and he's the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL, thirty one point six million. So Chris Jones camp probably wants to go there, but the next highest paid defensive tackle is twenty four million. That's a huge gap, right? That's stickier than the Bosa situation, then. Right. So the Bosa right. situation, he's talking about TJ Watt, who's at twenty eight, and Aaron Donald is at thirty one. So does he? Does does you know the the Niners are probably saying, okay, here's twenty nine, and Bosa's like, well, I want thirty two, and then they'll come in at thirty and a half or thirty one and a half, or maybe mm-hmm. he'll end up getting you know a bigger total deal, but not annual as much as Aaron Donald or you know something like that. But that's probably the TJ Watt versus Donald contract is where Bosa and um, and the 49ers are, but with Chris Jones, uh, they could be $8 million off. That's a great point. I didn't think of it that way. And that's a hundred percent it. Cause if I'm Jones's agent, I'm starting with Donald money. I mean like, Hey, I had just as good as year. I'm just as valuable. We're winning super bowls, just like Aaron did. And then I could, their ownership comes back and says, but he's the best defense player that ever lived. And that's an outlier. So let's, go halfway in between and then you probably end up being like three quarters of the way there closer to Donald. I don't know, but that's a lot of a gap. And at least Bosa has a better negotiating stand with his defensive player of the year award mm-hmm. fresh off of last season and being closer to that number already that, you know, you have to pay. So maybe that's why the Jones one might be a little bit more difficult to get done than, than the Bosa deal. No one ever, I'm not even sure if I'm right about this, but Chris Jones might've came in second in that voting. I'm, he wasn't far off, that's for sure. He, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. And he's got a longer track record than both. So he's been around a little longer, too. True. I mean, I trust both of them to be great forever. But I do, too. Yep. Yeah. Injury is the only thing that slows either one of those dudes down. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got some more notes, some injury notes, good and bad. Jackson Smith and Jigba, McLaurin, Miles Sanders, and an interesting one from The Athletic and our buddy over there, Mike Sando, quarterback strength of schedule this season in the NFL. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I love wearing my Bird Dogs. Um, in fact, I'm wearing them right now. I can't stand up and show you, but nice. um, I, I always talk about going golfing in my Bird Dogs. And, and my son is five years old. He loves nothing. He asks me every day. He's like, Dad, can we go golf today? And I'm like, Yes, we can. If I, we can fit in <laughs> like, what a thing for your son to want to do with you. You know, so it's yeah. awesome. And my Bird Dogs are perfect for it. Bird Dogs make you look good, a, but. They also make you feel good because of that bird dog stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. But they fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fixed all those issues by inventing their own cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement, no matter what you're doing, work or play. And they use anti-stink sweat 
wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, no matter what it is you're doing. And you can get yourself a pair. All you got to do is go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or enter promo code LockedOnNFL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or promo code LockedOnNFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay, so we've got uh, some not great news with Jackson Smith and Jigba, and we've seen this in the past, Matt. And one of the things that can derail a rookie, uh, a rookie start to a, a rookie career for a player is injuries early on, and especially if you miss a lot of time and you miss a lot of camp and you just don't get those reps, and then you come into to year two and you're way behind. Um, we've seen this. You know, it's, it's not quite the same st- type of injury, but we've seen this with. Uh, John Mechie now, and it, it feels like he's further behind than someone like Tank Dell is, even who's a, who's a current rookie because of the time off. Um, you know, and much different situation for John Mechie, and, and you know, hope for the best for him. And, and as he gets going now, finally with his NFL career, um, but Jackson Smith and Williams, you know, Jameson yeah. Williams has a weird career, yeah, right? Right, his career started, and that's, right. that's not good. That, that, that's the way careers go bad south. And you look at Quickly, NFL yeah. drafts in the past, you're like, how was how were half of these first round picks? "Quote unquote busts or whatever, and you look at it and like, well, injury here, injury here, injury here. Didn't want to, didn't care about football, didn't work. Injury right, here, right? right? And, yeah, and yeah. so, Jackson. Real Smith quick, I want to stop you real quick because yeah. just being around a team like I am with the Steelers and being up at camp, when these things happen at camp, they are so patient and just take a day off and you'll be fine. And during the preseason, but once you get on a moving train in week one, all you care about is that opponent. You know, we got practice schedules to go. Boom, 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 boom. Sure, you'll spend all the time with the trainer, but you're either with us or not. You know, like right. teams, it's a totally different mindset once it's time to get gear up for week one. In fact, I was a little bit worried about the career if it would ever get off the ground for your guy, Calvin Austin, because they put him on IR no doing like an injury that needed to be a season long injury. But they're like, sorry, dude. And I was like, oh, yeah. they must not have liked what they saw either. So maybe we never see that guy, but he's making good in year two. Out, yeah. Which is a good sign. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's all to say. Luckily, it doesn't look like it's a huge injury. And he's had an opportunity to go through camp, has the injury in preseason week number two, but it might keep him out to start the season, is, is what we're hearing, right? Yeah, it sounds like the news is very unlikely for week one. And when we hear those things, usually it ends up being week three or four till he's running around all the time. You know what I mean? Like then the easy in week on, two. And, yeah. You put him on IR to return because you need the roster spot. And does that go from week one to week four, week eight, or whatever it is? So um, hopefully not. But, right. Yeah. But I, I, I'm no doctor, but I get, everyone just says, oh, he broke a bone in his wrist. But I guess the one that he broke doesn't heal as fast as others or whatever, you know, or is prohibitive to catching the foot, whatever it is, the small, the bone that he broke is the wrong one you want to break. Yeah. It's the bone that helps you put up the middle finger to your fantasy. Uh, people that are drafting you. That's, <laughs> That's important, right? Uh, Terry McLaurin and Miles Sanders though. Good news there. looks like they are going to be ready for the regular season. That's a rumor. Yeah. I mean, watching that, that uh, commander's game, I was like, oh, no, McLaurin's out for the year. He's throwing stuff, you know, but it sounds like there's a very good chance he's back. Miles Sanders is back. I think Kenneth Walker's fully back. So, obviously, these things have fantasy fantasy implications, but I think we're in good shape and out of the woods with most of those guys, on those guys. Looking at quarterback strength of schedule, Matt, and shout out mm-hmm. to Mike Sandoz, helped us out quite often in, in the offseason sure in the NFL with – with some of the articles and and I just love hearing insights from people in the league and how they value things. And uh, if you're not familiar with Mike Sando's work, you probably don't listen to our podcast. Um, and he always does the, 
the QB tiers list every offseason, and it's based on how coaches and executives and scouts rank these quarterbacks around the NFL. Oh, well, uh, he uh, cross-referenced that with schedules now, and here is the quarterback strength of schedule for all 32 teams in the NFL. We're not going to go through all 32. We'll go through mm-hmm. the top and the bottom, but some interesting results and some tough tough schedules based on the quarterbacks you're playing, which ties in pretty strongly with just regular strength of schedule. Of course. I mean, obviously, playing tough quarterbacks also makes it a difficult strength of schedule. And I am a very much a strength of schedule believer, not based off last year's win totals, you know, but based off of Vegas odds, which Warren Sharp does. But this correlates hand in hand with that. Obviously, teams with really good quarterbacks, tier one quarterbacks, et cetera, also have high win totals. But I think it's a really interesting side piece that Sando does because his quarterback tiers is widely popular. He does it every year. It's been two years in a row. And then he started putting this formula together of, you know, like, for example, Miami plays the hardest stretch. And again, you have 17 games. On average, they play a a 2.24 quarterback. Like, uh, tier one's a one. Tier four's a, a four. Now, that doesn't sound too awful. You'd think, oh, that's like league average. I mean, right? Like, that's a B minus, you know, but it isn't. Because just to give you a, a demonstration, this is who Miami plays. He play, They play from hardest to easiest. Mahomes, Allen twice, Rodgers twice, Herbert, Hurts, Lamar, Dak. I mean, like, those are all the tier one and tier two guys they play against. That's awful. That's over half your schedule right there. And <laughs> right, you know, those right. are high tier two or tier one quarterbacks, or maybe a tier two quarterback that plays like a tier one, which any of those guys could. Sure. So that's, that's a rough go. And look, um, all the, we're, we're, there's a correlation with all the teams in the AFC West and AFC East that have tough schedules because they're playing all the other good teams. And those are the two strongest divisions in the NFL when you're playing each other, but then even the out of division games like hurts that the, the Miami dolphins have. And then, Um, You know, is there a resurgence from Russell Wilson this year, right? He's one of the tier three quarterbacks that you're going against. What is it going to look like with Daniel Jones in in New York and and Ryan Tannehill um, in Tennessee? So when I looked at this and I saw if it made total sense that the Miami Dolphins had the most difficult schedule versus quarterbacks, but then it ties into what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Maybe the way to defeat that is keep them off the field. How do you do that? Strong running game. Bring in Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, okay. There you have it. Uh, It's not bad at all. And I want to mention this too, because Sando takes us even a step further and ranks all these teams 1 to 32 in terms of your division games. You know, like for example, Miami has the fifth hardest division game quarterback opponent schedule, but they're number one hardest in interconference. And what that means is the AFC games outside the division, which often determine if wildcard teams go or not. I mean, they play Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, Garoppolo. So, you know, obviously it's important to win your division games first and foremost, but if you're getting hammered in your conference games, chances are you're not going to end up in the wild card. The New England Patriots come in number two in the same division and very similar looking schedule similar, and have all yeah. the same quarterbacks we just listed there. Mahomes, Allen twice, Rodgers twice, Herbert, Hurts, Dak, all on their schedule. Uh, Derek Carr's in there for the Patriots that weren't in there for the uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And the difference between, and like the Bills and the New York Jets have t- difficult schedules as well, 
but it's easier to play, you know, based on quarterback tiers, it's easier to play against Mac Jones and, and Tua than it is to play against Josh Allen and, um, and Aaron Rodgers, according to those tiers. So that's why the Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots have the most difficult schedules. Yes, absolutely. And if you look at strength of schedule, you know, that the Sharp does, they're also the toughest. I mean, like Miami's 30th and the Patriots are 32nd. I mean, they come in last in that equation. Right. And just a couple little things, just comparing the Jets and Patriots. I mean, the Jets have to play Lamar where the Patriots get picket. You know, like, so, I mean, there's a couple single games out there that are the difference. Interesting that the Kansas City Chiefs come in number three here because they don't have to play Patrick Mahomes once or twice because they have Patrick Mahomes on their team on their team. But you know who they do have to play is the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. And they do have to play the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And they do have to play the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert twice. And they've got Jalen Hurts, right? They're playing the first place schedule here with the divisions they're playing against. Trevor Lawrence is on their schedule. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. So an interesting one there for the Kansas City Chiefs that don't have the easiest schedule either as far as opposing quarterbacks, even though they got the best quarterback in the league. And looking at this, what's also interesting about theirs is they only get one tier four guy. So there's none that are just layups. But of course, they have the quarterback advantage in all these games, but they only play one tier four quarterback. And that tier is Jordan Love, who absolutely could be a three. I mean, or tier a two. four or two even, right. I mean, the four is where Sando has them stick unknowns. So Love, <laughs> guys like that, Purdy Pickett, you know, they absolutely could outplay a tier four. So it looks like they don't have any layups, you know, any bad quarterbacks. You know, Colt McCoy's uh, not ne- on there. Next, some of the top quarterback uh, schedules and then some of the easiest schedules versus opposing quarterbacks in the NFL next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes high wager for your small business and high stress at times as well. When you're doing that hiring, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and it spreads the word that you are hiring and you've got a wide net potentially of hirees because look, everyone's on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Those job seekers are on LinkedIn. And then there's simple tools to whittle that down and filter to just the right people with screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Okay. Rounding out the most difficult quarterback strength of schedules in the NFL in 2023. No surprise that uh, there's more AFC East and AFC West teams on the list. One was Dolphins, two Patriots, three Kansas City Chiefs, four is the Buffalo Bills, and five is those Los Angeles Chargers. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders coming in at number six with the Denver Broncos and New York Jets and rounding out basically the entirety of the East and West there through the top eight most difficult. So I have two notes here I want to mention is, as you said, the Chiefs are three, the Bills are four, 
The Chargers are five, and I think Cincinnati isn't far behind. They're 10. Well, that's like the four best quarterbacks in the league. So that means us as viewers are going to see the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Chargers play against awesome quarterback battles. You know what I mean? That means we're, we're going to get a lot of time football games, right? Those exactly. Games. That's going to be fun as can be. I hadn't thought of that, you know. And then the other nugget I have here is the Raiders. The Raiders come in at six, but they have the hardest division opponents, which shouldn't shock you. Mahomes twice, Herbert twice, Wilson twice, who they who they count as a tier three team. But they also get Allen. They also get Rob uh, Rogers. Yeah, and so th- that's very Rob. difficult. And so that's where it comes into play where it's like, okay, quarterback you might be okay with Garoppolo but all of a sudden you look at the schedule it's like man even if I have even if I have the exact middle I have the 16th best quarterback in the NFL more than half of the games I'm gonna have a better quarterback and a star quarterback in a lot of these games so it, it, that's yeah. really tough for a team that might have less talent like the Raiders and you could see how the Raiders might have a really rough season this year and yeah. um and be drafting pretty high again Like you look at the Bills, you look at the Chiefs and be like, okay, they have a brutal schedule of quarterbacks, but their guys still might be better. You know, where the Raiders, it's not, you know. So let's go down to the bottom of the list here, Matt, because that's the bottom two are crazy. (laughs) So uh, the the easiest schedule as far as quarterbacks goes is the New Orleans Saints. And that's just because of how much turnover and and what's going on in their division at quarterback and uh, the young quarterbacks in their division. And then they have the they have the veteran guy in their division that you expect to be the best quarterback in that division in Derek Carr. So the Saints have the easiest strength of schedule versus quarterbacks. Yes, they don't play a tier one guy. Frankly, I think the only scary guy they play is Trevor Lawrence, who could be a tier one guy. They only played three tier twos, Stafford and Cousins. Will they be truly tier two guys this year? Maybe, but I doubt they're going to be Mahomes. Easier so just, to game plan against just because you know who their primary weapon is. And, yeah, and they're old. Shut that down. And, you know, how else are they going to beat you? Especially with the Rams roster right now with – uh, how bad the rest of it looks outside of Stafford to cup on offense. Yeah. Uh, and again, I mean, the Falcons aren't much different. They come in at 32, but this is who they play. The, I mean, the saints. And frankly, this is a huge reason I'm going to probably pick the Falcons and saints to end up in the playoffs. I don't know who had to win the division, but the saints have Lawrence Stafford, cousins, Goff, Daniel Jones, fields, Tannehill, Matt Jones, love, Mayfield twice, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Richardson. They play all three of the top five you know, again. Bryce Young quite again, and Ritter twice. Like, that's awesome. And there, there is some high variance, though, because Fields, what, what tier is he mm-hmm. in? You know, is he, yeah, yeah, is he yeah. awful or is he amazing? There's almost not going to be a middle ground with Fields, I feel like, this year. So I don't know if you're – I don't think you're going to – you can't count on a tier three from Fields. You're going to get tier four or you're going to get tier two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um somewhat similar not quite the, to that degree with Daniel Jones potentially Goff I think tier three doesn't tell you about their offense though and Goff could be that tier tier two quarterback I think he's really close with Kirk Cousins anyway um, on those tiers lists and if I'm not mistaken Cousins was the final tier two quarterback right yeah, off yeah. Of the top of the tier three if I'm not mistaken um, and then you know maybe one of the rookie quarterbacks ends up being really good by the time you play Anthony Richardson in week eight is he a problem maybe, for you? Maybe. you know Desmond Ritter twice maybe that's not the tier four layup that it looks like on paper right now because you just don't know what that's going to be so it, it could be much more difficult than it's laid out here but versus like 
if you're drawing a card, you're like, yes, give me this schedule. Exactly. Right. And and actually, some of the guys ranked the highest, with the exception of Fields and Lawrence. I think you basically know who they are. Stafford, Cousins, Tannehill. You know what I mean? Like, right. Goff. Like, I don't think any of those guys is jumping up to tier one and by week 12 or whatever. And even if Bryce Young hits, you're probably not super scared about that offense right now at this point, point. in the development and what's going on in offense with the, all the, talent, the talent around Bryce Young either. And that could be true for all the highly drafted rookies. because like, Jonathan Taylor might not be in, in Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson either. Mm-hmm. So probably no surprise that the rest of the South is the bottom four. So the the next easiest schedule is the Falcons. Then it's the Panthers. Then it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because they all play each other. And there's terrible quarterbacks in there. Yeah, but they each get to play, you know, some of the weakest uh, quarterbacks twice per uh, twice, twice per year there. Atlanta um, happens to have Aaron Rodgers on the schedule. That's why they're not last. How about this, though? The Los Angeles Rams come in at 28 and the Chicago Bears come in at 27. So this kind of goes to that, you know, OK, Chicago Bears might be that team. And 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 uh, I've been on the Bears bandwagon. I believe in fields. I love the weapons that they've added. I'm not sure they have enough on defense, but with this schedule, with some unknowns in the division, I mean, I, I don't want to put worse to first on them, but mm-hmm. the team with with odds that you could get behind. Right. I mean, like looking from the bottom up, they get McCoy, Ritter, Howell, Young, Love, Mayfield, Love again. It's not so bad. Jimmy, Russell Wilson could be a tier four guy by then. Goff twice, Derek Carr. And I even mean, if Fields okay, might be better than all those guys. And it's like, okay, so the Bears lose to Mahomes and Herbert and, and Deshaun Watson, even. And he might not be good. And split with cousins. Okay, cool. But four losses. Yeah. You know, and that's an advantage in all the other guys. All. No, it's a good point. And, the Rams are interesting to me too, not necessarily who they play, but they're, they're over under total so low. I could see their season if they stay healthy, far surpassing that. But if they lose Cup, Stafford, Donald, any of them, I don't care who they're playing against the quarterbacks. Uh, anything else jump out to you in the quarterback tiers strength of schedule? Um, a little bit, just because the Jags are a good team with an easy schedule, as you'd imagine in that division, because clearly they have the best. I'm just kind of scanning here. Are there any other good teams that have an easy schedule? Seattle is a 22. I mean, that, that's not too bad. They only have one tier one guy on the schedule, and that's Burrow. But they do have to play Hurts, Jackson, Dak, Stafford twice, and Watson. So I might be a little more bullish on Seattle after looking at this. I do not have the FanDuel over-unders in front of me right now, but I'm guessing mm-hmm. based on what we've talked about today, Matt, you probably feel good about smashing the over on teams like Jacksonville and New Orleans. New Orleans and Atlanta, I feel really strong about the overs. Um, the, the the thing about Jacksonville is there's this football outsiders plexiglass principle. Like when, when teams take a huge step forward, they usually take a little bit of a step back. But I think their huge step forward is more because of who the coach was two years ago as opposed to, you know, yeah. abnormal progression. You know what I mean? And, and if you took that plexiglass principle and applied it only to teams that that jumped into the potential tier one quarterback area, it mm-hmm. probably doesn't uh, regress as much. Interesting. So mm-hmm. I, one more note that you might find interesting is I'm scrolling and scrolling to find the Niners. They're right in the middle. They're at mm-hmm. 17 but they might be the biggest discrepancy in terms of strength of schedule from sharp, because from that metric based on Vegas forecasted wins, they're the fifth easiest, but according to Sando, they're right in the middle. 
And I think the Rams have a lot to do with that, you know, because Stafford's a tier two quarterback, but their projected win total is very low. Yes. Yeah. That makes total sense there. And, you know, they only play one tier one quarterback. That's Joe Burrow and the Bengals in week eight. Uh, they do have some difficult teams and some good teams and, and a whole bunch of tier two quarterbacks, but they don't dip into tier one very much there. And, and I think that's a great point about Stafford because, you know, better quarterback than team there in uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I do this with the Steelers. You probably do it with the Niners. But it's also interesting to check, you know, like one of the, t- the toughest Steeler non-AFC North one in the AFC is Lawrence. But you have it home. You know what I mean? You know, like, and I think there's a week rest or something like, so when do you get these guys too is sort of important. Fantastic stuff. Big shout out as always to Mike Sando of the athletic read all of his work. Cause it's always fantastic. And we appreciate uh, the nuggets he gives us to talk about here on Peacock and Williamson. Tomorrow is mailbag time already this week, getting ready oh, for yeah. season week number three at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter, or drop a comment and question on youtube and make sure you subscribed on youtube hit the notifications so you know when a new show goes up the thumbs up appreciate you and of course you can find us everywhere you you listen to your podcast matt and i back tomorrow peacock and williamson